The following podcast is a Simpronto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode and we are answering all of your top questions that we hear over and over and over. I've got a very special guest, Jen Stevens, one of my favorite people who is just bringing out another book. Her other books are amazing, but this one is Fast Feast Repeat and it's coming soon, right? Tell us when does it come out? I can't have a copy yet. Not yet. Well, I'm very excited. I actually, these came in the mail yesterday. Like they're literally hot off the presses from my New York publisher. So they bought the first one straight off the presses. They sent me a box of them. And I was like, ooh, you know, because we had advanced reader copies, but they're not formatted properly. So this is how it's going to be in readers' hands. And I just can't wait. It's available now for pre-order. June 16th, 2020 is when it should be arriving for anyone who's pre-ordered. You can get it wherever books are sold. And I'm so excited. Awesome. Well, let's jump right into this first question. And this one says the one meal a day diet is a form of dieting where you fast for 23 hours and eat for the same one hour window each day. That's what I've read online. But I've seen other people who say that they seem like their one meal a day is some somewhere around four hours, but they still call it one meal a day. I'm confused. Can you explain? Well, you know, if you want to do 23-1, do 23-1. I think we get too caught up in defining, you know, I mean, who cares what, what you call what you're doing, right? You know, I consider myself to eat one meal a day, and this is how I think about it. You know, our day, if I, if you asked any, you know, elementary school student, how many meals a day are there? They would say three, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We have three defined meals a day. And so if you structure your eating window around only one of the main meals, I consider that you're doing one meal a day. For example, how does that look for me? Well, I do not eat at a normal breakfast time. I do not eat at a normal lunchtime or, you know, the the typical breakfast time, lunchtime. All of my eating surrounds the typical dinner time. So what it might look like for me is around four o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, we would all agree that four o'clock is not typical lunchtime, right? That's closer to the dinner hour, especially if you're retired. (laughs) The old retired people going to the, the early dinners. But I'll have what you might consider to be an appetizer course or a snack around four. And then I'll start cooking my dinner around 6 p.m. near the main course. And then I'll have my main course. But it was still all just one meal. Maybe I eat it in a two-hour window. Maybe it's a five-hour window. But it was the amount of food that you would have if you went to a restaurant and you had one meal just spread out over a longer period of time. You know, I am in maintenance and I've been here for years. And I can't cram enough food into a one-hour eating window to meet my, my needs for the day. I can't eat enough food, but I've always considered myself to be one meal a day because I eat one actual meal. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about writing a book called intermittent fasting for maximum weight loss, colon, a meal and a tasting because, you know, as you know, I've interviewed thousands of women who I've been thin their whole life and they don't even know that they do intermittent fasting. One of the things they always say is, 
one girl said it to me. She says, you know, I just kind of do a meal. I really do one meal a day, but I also do a tasting. And I love that term that she said to me. It's a meal and a tasting. And it's basically, I'm having one sit down meal, but then it's a snack. Like it's, you know, maybe it's cheese and crackers or it's, you know, just whatever you're craving there. Maybe it's a small smoothie, but it's something that, and as I kind of dug in, they all were saying it's something around and not, none of them counted calories, but if you kind of looked at it, it, maybe it was 200 calories, 300 calories. It wasn't this sit down meal. Exactly. Um, so talk a little bit about, you know, what are those little tastings that you have during, you know, let's say at four o'clock, right? So like a typical day for you at four o'clock, what are you eating? I will. In just a minute though, I wanted to pull out, I have a study yeah. <laughs> in my new book, Fast yeah. Feast Repeat. And this is just a little more, you know, the people who are like the, the, the purists of, if it's not 23, one, it's not one meal a day. There's a study that they did in 2007 with humans and the scientists put people on a one meal a day diet. That's what the scientists call it. Okay. So this is out of a medical journal. So they put people on a one meal a day diet and those one meal a day diet people in the study ate within a four hour period a day. Oh, wow. FYI, the scientists who designed a one meal a day diet, they, they fasted for 20 hours and ate within four. So anyway, that's just a little something. See, Jen Stevens did not make up the, you can have several hours. <laughs> the scientists did too. You know, what I eat depends. I find I'm very seasonal with what I eat and it just happens. I don't do it on purpose. Like right now it's warm here, summer's coming. And so I will eat, you know, I, I tend to want more cool things during that time. So recently I just learned how to make homemade hummus. Mm. Like people have been telling me for years, homemade hummus is easy. Oh my gosh, it's so easy. <laughs> and so I make some homemade hummus and I've been- Tell us about it. Do you put garlic in it? I do. I do. I mean, it is really so easy. You just, I'm dumping, you put, first I'm putting some cloves of garlic with some lemon juice in there and then a little tahini. And then I'm just dumping in a drained can of chickpeas, also called garbanzo beans. That's really confused my husband. He's like, I can't find chickpeas. All they have is garbanzo beans. I'm like, it's the same thing. <laughs> salt it to taste and I'm eating it with like some broccoli and it is like heaven I mean you could also have you know just whatever chips you know pita chips but I'm really enjoying this you know it seems like when the weather gets warmer I want to eat more fresh vegetables so I'm eating you know broccoli or carrots with the hummus and it's just perfect oh love it yeah. um okay so let's talk about this next one it says and I'm getting this over and over again something along this question. You know, I'm gaining weight now that everything's going on with COVID-19. I'm up between five and 10 pounds because of COVID-19 and I'm not doing anything different. And each one is saying, you know, I'm up five pounds, I'm up 10 pounds. Then they're like, I'm, I don't understand it. I'm doing everything that I normally was. I was already in maintenance mode and now COVID-19 is here and I'm gaining weight. Right. You know, this is what's so very interesting. You know, I've had my intermittent fasting support groups since 2015, and we have never seen people who have been at maintenance for years all of a sudden saying, oh my gosh, I'm up five to 10 pounds. But all of a sudden this spring, it's happening over and over and over again. And so people might think, oh gosh, intermittent fasting has stopped working. No, <laughs> it hasn't stopped <laughs> 
but there's something in our bodies that goes on when we're under stress. And what's weird is some people will say, but I'm not under stress. I'm just at home. And it's, but I'm like, you are under stress. This is an unprecedented time. Just the word pandemic. You know, I, I dare people to say the word pandemic and not feel stressed just saying it. You know, you're watching the news, things are closed. You can't go get your haircut. You can't go meet your friends for coffee. All those things, we know from the Blue Zones research that community and being around others is an important part of of healthy longevity. We are not meant to be isolated in our homes for optimum health. And so even if we don't feel like we're under stress, we are. Because this is just an unprecedented time. Even if, you know, no one you know has it, you're not worried about getting it, you have everything you need, you're home with your family, you're still under stress because there's all of the unknowns. From can I get toilet paper to are my elderly parent parents going to get this and die? I mean, we're worried about all those things. And so... You know, in times of stress, our bodies have certain mechanisms in place. You know, we release cortisol. It's a stress hormone. We are designed to store excess fat in times of trouble. And it's it's hormonal, it's metabolic. And so it's not that intermittent fasting has suddenly stopped working for everyone on the planet who's been doing so well with it. It's that our bodies are like, whoa, what's happening? And so, you know, you may have to just know that for right now, maybe you have to move around a little more. Maybe you need to focus your eating a little bit more. You know, I know I was baking some more cookies than I had been. Yeah. <laughs> and while. I think that the truth is, is that, you know, I, I do some coaching on intermittent fasting and, and some of the times when you actually dig in, yeah. you actually realize that someone might still be doing their same eating window. But when you start really digging into the truth, you have to start asking, well, are you drinking more? Are you having more glasses of wine? Yes. Are you eating in a eating more than you normally would eat. And once you start with, yeah, you know, I am baking. Okay. Oh, you know, my husband's home from work. We're having cocktail night five nights a week instead of two, right? Those things do add up. Yeah. So if you even though you're you're saying, okay, I'm eating in the same eating window. But what are you doing during that time that's different? And I would say a majority of people are working out less, like walking less, they're sitting more, they're watching movies, they're doing that. So it's a combination of eating, even if you're just eating a little bit more and working out a little bit less, boom, there's your five pounds. And you're like, well, I don't know what I'm doing different. But it could could be stress. It really could be something if you really dig in. You know, I think about back when I was a teacher before I retired, I retired at the end of 2018. And I really think I was a little leaner at the end of of when I was teaching because of just the fact that a teacher is on her feet all day and I was walking and I never ate till I got home from school till 430. And then, you know, since I've been home, I am less active at home than I was at school. And so, you know, do my clothes all still fit? Yes. Did I gain weight and need to buy new clothes? No. But was I a little leaner back when I was teaching and and moving more and walking through the classroom? Yeah, probably so. Yeah. All right. Here's one. It says, I dropped a pant size from a size six to a size, from a size eight. So she went down to a size six doing intermittent fasting, but no weight has dropped from the scale. Can you explain? 
That is so typical. We hear that all the time. And intermittent fasting really is different than anything else you've ever done because when you're fasting clean, your body preferentially taps into fat stores for fuel. So you're burning fat. Whereas, you know, in other, you know, diets that you may have done, you may have tapped into some fat, but also burned a little more muscle mass with that. But also with intermittent fasting, we have higher levels of human growth hormone. That's just something that happens when you're in the fasted state. And so, you know, people are like, yeah, but I wasn't working out. I wasn't doing anything well, but you were living your life. You're vacuuming the floor. You might've been cutting the lawn. You were folding the clothes. You're moving your body. We move our bodies throughout the day, unless you're just sitting in a chair all the time, which you might be doing, you know, here at home. But if you're, if you're doing housework and things around the house, you're moving your body. And so you're very likely burning fat and building muscle at the same time. Even if you don't feel like you're, you know, working out, you know, you are likely either building or maintaining your lean muscle mass. And so that's going to, it's what we call body recomposition. And I think we see it a lot more with intermittent fasting than you would with a traditional plan. So you will find that you're shrinking in size, but your weight may not change on the scale. I dropped two gene sizes from, I think it was 2016 through late 2017, I dropped two gene sizes from a size four to a size zero genes. And during that time, I only went down two pounds on the scale. So body recomposition. Yeah, if you think about it, I mean, to me, I think it makes perfect sense because at any given time, your body has an option to generate energy, right? So it's either going to go to glucose or carbs from food that you recently ate. Right. Or it's, you know, or it has glucose in the muscle from meals that you had from before, you know, that's kind of stored up. Or the other choice is body fat. Right. And so, you know, my example that I always give is like, it's, you're either using the money that's either in your pocket or it's going to have to go to the bank to actually get that money. And if you're going to the bank to get the money, that's where it's eating the fat. But if you've already, if you've got $20 in your pocket right now and you only need $20 to spend it, Mm -hmm. you've got to go to that bank to get it. And so what intermittent fasting is so good at is burning fat because it has to, because it needs it for fuel. Absolutely. It only makes sense that you're having less fat. And so even if you're not working out, you're still burning that fat. Right. And, and maintaining or building the lean muscle mass. So that's just, that's why we see the body recomposition where people report that they have lost zero pounds, but gone down, down one or two, you know, sizes. It happens a lot. Yeah. All right. So this next one is, can you explain alternate fasting, alternate day fasting, and what exactly is it? Yeah, the research on alternate day fasting, when you go back to the very beginning of that research, it was really more of a cycling, a calorie cycling program than actual fasting because they had what they call down days and up days. And on the down days, this is the original research that they have done years ago. The, the down days, you were allowed to have 500 calories. So it was really more of a modified fast. And it was really more of a, um, a low calorie day and followed by a day of eating whatever you want. So that's, that's the root of, of alternate daily fasting protocols. And they found that, um, you know, think about the body's metabolic rate. If we did a very low calorie diet, like let's say we ate 500 calories a day long term our body would slow down our metabolic rate because it's, you know, we're, we're adapting. We, our bodies adapt to long-term restriction, energy restriction. We know that from all the, um, the years of research on diets and low calorie diets. 
And then we have the up day, which was the day where they had total unrestricted eating, which was the, every other day. And the, the participants were allowed to eat whatever they wanted on those days. Well, the, the research found that on those days, they typically ate, I think it was about 110% of their daily caloric needs. So they weren't like picking out, they weren't eating like two, three times more food than their bodies needed. So they were cycling through a day of very low calorie intake, 500 calories. And then the next day they would have slightly more than their basic caloric needs. And so that, you know, we know from overfeeding studies that when you eat more than your body needs, your body upregulates your metabolism. And so we have that up and down um, pattern where the low days, you're able to tap into your fat stores. But if you did that overall day after day, your metabolism would slow down versus the up days, which were the metabolic boost. So now when we think about, you know, in my new book, Fast Feast Repeat, I have a section, a whole chapter about alternate daily fasting protocols. And we're actually fasting for real. We're fasting clean. Like we're not just dividing up 500 calories over the course of the whole day. You can do a complete fast for 36 to 42 hours, something like that. Nothing but black coffee, plain water, plain sparkling water, plain tea. And then the next day it's your up day, you have an unrestricted day. And you know, you're not going to worry that you're going to undo it because the research shows that people do not really, you know, even though you may feel like, gosh, that was a lot of food, it's because you know, you're, you're used to maybe more restrictive eating, but it's really not. The research shows that those updates are not, you're not like undoing everything on those days. There's also, you can continue to do the 500 calorie approach, but if you want to do that, I would recommend that you maximize fasting time. So think of all that 500 calories in one meal. So, and, and I'm talking like really one meal, short period of time, because 500 calories is not very much. So what you'll want to do is fast clean all day, until maybe dinner time, then have, you know, 500 calorie meal on that down day and then start fasting again right after you eat. And then the next day you wake up and it's your up day. So those are the two ways to do a down day, full fast, nothing but clean fast approved beverages, or the, the second way with having the one small 500 calorie meal. You know, people are like, well, am I going to lose the benefits of the, the complete, you know, 36 to 42 hour fast? Well, you'll lose you know, the increased autophagy you would get if you continued to fast the whole time, you're going to, but you're, you're going to still get all the clean fast benefits prior to that 500 calorie meal. And that's not going to be so much food that it like ruins everything. You're not fasting, you know, you can't call it a 36 hour fast because you're eating, you know, in that, that small period of time. But if, if you really want to fast clean, that's fine too. Just go 36 hours, 42 hours. And then on the up day, what you don't want to do is restrict. You know, I just mentioned that in the research, the updates were important because they kept the metabolism going. They ate about 110% of their daily caloric needs. So you don't want to just also do one meal a day on, on the up day or have a diet meal and then another diet meal because you're trying to get that metabolic boost. Some people just love this pattern of eating, by the way. Yeah. And I, the part about alternate day fast that I'm not a fan of is the 500 calorie portion yeah. of it, just because I'm not a fan of like counting calories and doing that. I will tell you for me, the one thing I've seen people have really good success with, and I've watched it happen is that they, they eat an eight hour eating window, let's say Monday. Mm-hmm. And then the next day they just eat one meal a day. And a then one, like, a one hour window. Yeah. So like eight hours in one day, then the next day, one meal a day, then the next day, eight hours. And that I've seen a lot of success with. It's really the same kind of a thing. It's really 
an, an alternate daily fasting approach to the point that you're you're having that up and the down. So that's the yeah. point of, of alternate daily fasting is the up and the down pattern of eating. I think that's an excellent approach for, it for someone. I've seen it firsthand, yeah. like with people I've coached, like they absolutely do well with that. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about timing? This next question says, do you think it's better to eat later and wait until like four o'clock to eat? And some people tell me that I should eat earlier in the day because I'm the most active and that I should eat around, you know, 11. And that's when I should make my main meal. What is your opinion on the best time to make that one meal a day or a four hour eating window to make a maximum weight loss? This question is, is tricky because we're so used to science telling us what's best, right? Ooh, you know, it's best to eat here for, here's the science reason why, you know, there's, there's a train of thought in the intermittent fasting community based on some research that, you know, morning is a better time to have your eating window. You know, it's, people call it circadian fasting and, you know, it's based on a a study that was done on early time restricted eating. The interesting thing though, is they found in the study on early time restricted eating, they compared an early eating window to eating all day. Guess which one was better? (laughs) The early eating window was better than eating all day. So the study showed that early time restricted eating is better than eating all day. But what we didn't have in that study was an early time restricted eating window compared to a late time restricted eating window with all other variables being equal. And anyone who's ever had a science fair project, you know, knows that you can't, you know, have all these crazy variables and then draw conclusions. You have to keep everything the same except the one thing you're changing. And in this case, we need a study where the only thing they're changing is time of day. We actually have one. I talk about it in Fast Feast Repeat, but it was really short and um, they didn't find any difference at all. Spoiler alert there. They didn't find any difference on what time of day you had your eating window, you know, biologically. And there's a lot of theories out there as to why early might be better. But until we have a really long-term study comparing different times, we really just don't know. But I have my study of one. And (laughs) I know that if I have an early eating window, like let's say I decided, just like the, the question said, that 11 was ideal based on some theoretical or whatever, some study and 11 was better. If someone told me 11 is better and I tried to force myself to have my eating window at 11. Here's what happens for me. Anytime I've ever said, I'm just gonna have my meal early today for this special occasion, and then I'll close my window and it'll be fine. Well, that is not what happens. You know, I eat at 11 and I'm fine, and then I'm perfectly fine. Then regular dinner time comes and goes, and I'm still fine. And then 8 p.m. rolls around and I am legit starving like starving, not just like, oh, I could eat, but I'm like, I am very hungry. And I don't sleep very well if I go to bed and I'm hungry like that. I just, I, you know, I toss and turn all night. So for me, I cannot have an early window and not eat again. I just can't. So to me, early window turns into all day eating. So that is not, you know, even if science showed me that was the best, it doesn't work for me because it's miserable for me to go to bed hungry and be hungry later. Whereas if I go through the day in the fasted state and I wait to open my window at around 4 p.m., I go to bed after, you know, I don't eat right up until, you know, I hop in the bed. I usually stop eating 7.30 if I'm having wine, maybe 8. And then I go to bed 9 or 10, whenever that is. So I'm not like immediately going to bed after dinner. But then I sleep well. And that feels like a lifestyle to me. 
Hey guys, one of the things that will take your weight loss to the next level is coaching. You can either work one-on-one with me or one of our certified private coaches. If you'd like, you can schedule your free call. It's a 10-minute strategy call just to see if coaching is going to really take you to the next level. The other thing is listening to the audiobook. Listening to the audiobook and getting the video course that I've done, people are seeing dramatic results. If you just listen to the audiobook 30 minutes a day over and over and over again and get the video course, go to ChantelRayway.com and check out the video course. You won't be sorry you did. And you've created that. And see, for me, what for me, I would say two to six would be a great eating window for me. Sometimes what I'll do, um, I either do 12 to six and I do a six hour eating window, or sometimes I do two to six. If I do 12 to six, I'm usually about five pounds heavier. And the reason is, is because instead of doing a meal and a tasting like, which is what I believe is the best way to go is to do a, I'll end up eating two meals. Because If I start eating at 12, it's lunch. I end up eating and it's no longer a tasting anymore. It's now all of a sudden an actual meal. And for me to eat two meals a day, for me to eat two meals a day is not going to have me, I'm going to be five to seven pounds heavier than I want to be. So it's just not, not good. But see, that's the beauty of this is you can tweak it and you know, and it's not like, oh no, intermittent fasting has stopped working because I gained five to seven pounds. You're like, okay, this is not my sweet spot. That's what that tells you. And it's not that intermittent fasting doesn't work. Intermittent fasting is a tool, but you also are putting stuff in and (laughs) you have to think about that. You can't put too much in even with intermittent fasting. It's not going to magically erase overeating. All right. Next question. What is the warrior diet and do you recommend it? The warrior diet is so interesting um, because it was really an early intermittent fasting program and people so much misunderstand it when they start quoting the warrior diet. People think warrior diet means 24, 20 hour fast, four hour eating window. It's kind of just gotten that definition. But if you actually read the warrior diet book, he's eating all day long. He's not really fasting. He has a period of the day called the undereating period. And his name's Ori Hoffmeckler. Is that how you say his last name? I can't remember. I'm pulling it out of my brain. We actually interviewed him on the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Gosh, maybe in 2017. It's been a while. But he has that undereating period of the day. You know, like the, he, his, his theory is, you know, if you're a warrior, you're going around, you might have a handful of berries out in the field. So he calls that the undereating period but it's still eating. It's not a complete like actual fast. And then every night he's like, all right, the warriors are back at their camp now. And they're having their four hour eating time around the campfire. And then they're eating and then they go to sleep. So that's the official warrior diet. But people now just say 24 when they mean when they're, they're, they're calling it the warrior diet, but it's really just 24. So if you're doing the actual warrior diet, you're really not fasting. <laughs> but if you're doing 24 and having a four hour eating window, I mean, that's a, I think that's fabulous. That's a great. Yeah, and I've seen such yeah. success. You know, I used to really kind of coach people on doing a six hour eating window yeah. and it, it'll, I think that's a great place to start for me personally. Right. When I first started doing intermittent fasting, I tried an eight hour eating window. I didn't lose any weight. Not a pound, right? (laughs) Nothing. And then I moved to a six hour eating window. I lost 30 pounds. And then, then in order to take me to the next level, 
I feel like that four hour window. So I feel like for that warrior diet, the only thing I like is like you said, the four hour eating window is really a magical place. It is. And I love it. I'm a huge fan of it. And here's why I can, scientifically, um, we have some research that shows what happens when we're in the fasted state. And, you know, we think about a curve, a nice little graph curve, right? And so fat burning, fat burning, fat burning, you know, it ramps up between hours 18 and 20. So, you know, it, you're, you're getting into fat burning. I'm, these are just some estimates, but around between hours 12 to 16, depending on what you ate, depending on your activity levels, you know, lots and lots of variables, but between hours 12 and 16, fat burning starts to pick up, but it really picks up between 16 and 18. And then even more, like I said, between 18 and 20, that's when the curve is getting steeper. So if you want to tap into stored fat, that period of time, your insulin has gotten low because it's been a long time since the last time you ate. So you're low insulin that allows you to tap into your fat. Your body's ramping up those metabolic processes to burn that fat. That's when people feel ketosis kicking in. You've depleted your stored glycogen. So if you can get to hours 18 to 20, you are actually tapping into fat at a higher rate than you were between hours 16 and 18 for most people. Again, these are these are generalizations. These are estimates. But that is why, you know, even if 19.5 is not working for you, 24, you're like, what's the difference? It's one hour. One more hour in prime peak fat burning, that could be a huge difference. Mm, yeah. Yep. All right. I love this next question. It's hysterical. I know you say you shouldn't have cream in your coffee when you're fasting, but I can't drink black, black coffee. This is a deal breaker for me. And I want you to know that I'm still losing weight, even with coffee, having coffee and cream, but now I'm at a stall. I've oh. already lost 20 pounds already doing cream in my coffee, but I can't stand black coffee. And ha, I did lose it with having the coffee, oh, yeah. the cream in my coffee. Yeah. But what about MCT oil? What are your thoughts and what are your ideas? I cannot not drink black. I can't drink black coffee. Well, then you can't fast. I'm just going to tell you honestly, if you can't drink black coffee, you're doing a low calorie diet. And we all have done low calorie diets. Every single person has done a low calorie diet and lost weight. And then all of us, found that the weight loss stopped and almost all of us, unless you're able to continue lowering your calories, lowering your calories, lowering your calories, you're going to plateau and then you're going to rebound weight gain. Because when we do a low calorie diet, that is when our body lowers our metabolic rate, slows things, it adapts. So all that cream in your coffee that you're having is a low calorie diet. I mean, what is cream? Cream is food for baby cows, right? And so it's, dairy is nature's perfect food for building babies at the time of their life when they are gaining more weight than any other time of their life. Just think about that for a minute. You know, when you, when you have a baby and you're feeding it, you're, you're, you're breastfeeding your baby or a, a mama cow is feeding her baby or any mammal is feeding their baby, they're feeding their baby milk and that baby grows exponentially more at that period of time. So do you think that sounds like fasting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think we should acknowledge the fact because I have seen hundreds of people who have lost weight having cream right. coffee. I've like, seen people who lost weight eating eight small meals a day, <laughs> yeah. but it's not fasting. Right. So 
I want you to know what you're doing. If you can lose weight on a low calorie diet, which it is, if you're drinking cream in your coffee, you're not fasting. So don't say that you're fasting and just recognize what you're doing. If you would like to get the metabolic and hormonal benefits of fasting, you actually have to fast. And so just know what you're doing. Do you want to keep lowering calories lower and lower and lower like we know you have to do on a low calorie diet? If so, then do that. And then you'll continue to lose more weight. Or you could try actually clean fasting black coffee. Nobody starts off day one, unless you've been drinking black coffee your whole life. Like some people, you know, my stepmother always drank black coffee. And so if she wanted to start intermittent fasting, it'd be no problem. That's what she likes. But um, if you're a normal person used to the creamy sweet coffees, it's, it's a transition, but I did it and I didn't die. And I lost over 80 pounds and I've been maintaining it since 2015. And what would I rather do? Have a creamy coffee or wear my size zero jeans? You've got to make that choice. And when you tell me you can't, that's nuts. Yes, you can. <laughs> if you literally can't drink black coffee, then just drink water. Right. Drink water. And that's that's exactly. For it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and my, my suggestion to people is, I'm fine with drinking the cream and the coffee for a little time. Like get yourself for, if you want to do it for, you know, two weeks or three weeks and have that transition, then then do that as a transition and then wean your way down. Like I've seen people where they've, you know, started with sugar and cream. Then they stop the sugar and just have the cream. Then they do less and less and less and less and try to do that transition. But I will tell you this. I personally, I don't drink coffee now at all. I completely weaned myself off. But what I did was I did exactly that. I used to have like a sweetened creamer. Then I went to just having like plain creamer and it was all in a couple, like a week or so transition. I didn't, you don't, you know, some people are like, oh, I've got to drag this out. No, you don't. If you want to make a transition, then do that. But in my opinion, just like you said, you will get yourself to a place which I know you won't believe this, but like, I personally, you'll get to a place where you're like, you enjoy black coffee. Like it's weird, but you get so used to it. I don't drink tea or coffee now. I've just completely weaned myself off both, but, and I'm not asking anyone to do that, but I feel like, you know, you can get to a place where I, like, if you gave me a glass of sweet tea, I used to, when, yeah, yeah, back in the day, I'd love sweet tea. I couldn't even drink that now because I've gotten my body used to it. Right. And, you know, your taste buds do change. You know, science has shown us that the taste buds on the surface of your tongue turn over over time and, and they respond to what you're taking in. And so if you start drinking co- black coffee today and you don't like it, your taste buds will adapt to the point that then your palate will be opened up and you'll actually be able to tolerate more bitter foods that you weren't able to eat before. And that's what's amazing. And I I actually would encourage people not to do the wean wean yourself off because it makes fasting harder. You know, we, we think that it's, it's easier if you just gradually do it when really it just makes the the adaptation period for fasting longer. So I would just challenge anybody, hold your nose, rather than band-aid coffee. And because you want your body to tap into your fat stores. You want your body to learn to do that. And so um, now we didn't address the MCT oil. Same thing with that. You know, the the theories are out there. I read them all. I tried all the things. I remember when that, you know, bulletproof coffee first came out and it was so magical that you would drink this fat and that would magically make you burn extra fat. 
really the math doesn't quite work out in your favor. You know, if you're taking in hundreds of calories of fat in your coffee, guess what fat your body is going to burn? That fat, not your fat. We want to train our bodies to tap into our stored fat for fuel. And that's one of the reasons we're fasting. So to take in an added fat source that your body is going to use instead of your stored fat. I mean, if you're trying to maintain your weight, so here's the one time I might say have MCT oil. If you're underweight and you do not want to lose another pound, but you do want to fast, maybe MCT oil would be great for you then. But it's not going to magically make you burn more fat of your own body fat. And that that's just not going to happen. And also the people who said all that were also trying to sell you their special brand of MCT oil. Keep that that's in mind. True. And, and uh, I, I personally tried doing the MCT oil just for a challenge to yeah, see yeah. if I want to do it. I actually ended up gaining a pound because it's got massive amounts of fat. And it goes yeah. back to the same thing we just talked about. Yeah. If your body is looking for energy, it's just going to use that. Whatever fat. it can get to easily. Right. right. Yeah, it's, if it's in your coffee cup, it's going to get to that very, very easily. And you'll feel great. You'll have great energy. You'll feel you won't be hungry Well, because you just took in massive amounts of energy in your cup. So I promise fast clean without it. Um, I have something in the new book called the Clean Fast Challenge where, you know, you may think that cream is not causing you trouble. You may think the MCT oil is giving you magical benefits. I challenge you to fast clean for, you know, a month, six weeks. Fast, clean, gin style, and, and do it. No cheating. Do it exactly like I say. Give yourself four to six weeks. Then try that cream and see. And you'll find you're probably going to be starving after having it. You'll be like, oh, my gosh, this is not easier. You, you'll, you'll prove it to yourself. So you don't have to take my word for it. Your body will tell you. You'll know. Yeah. All right. Should I be taking vitamins during my eating window? Here's the problem. I'm such in a habit of every morning I would take my vitamins. Mm -hmm. And these are whole vitamins that do not make me nauseous. So I'm happy to take them. Then I tried moving it to eating it in my eating window. And then I would stop taking them because I never remembered. If I don't do it first thing in the morning, I'm not going to remember taking my vitamins. What is your opinion of taking whole food vitamins that's not in my eating window? Well, see, so many of, of the vitamins that you take, if you take them just by themselves, they're going to just pass right through you. A lot of these vitamins need to be taken with food to be better absorbed. You know, you, you've all heard, um, pardon my language, but, you know, these vitamins give you expensive pee, right? <laughs> you have a much better chance of actually actually absorbing the vitamins if you take them with food. So if your goal is to have the nutrients be used in your body, it's better to take them with food. So I, I would, you got to maybe set yourself an alarm on your phone or something, you know, remind yourself to take them because if you're not absorbing them, there's no point. You might as well forget. <laughs> um, okay. Is bloating and constipation normal with the one meal a day plan? Bloating and constipation is not normal for any human being. Okay. No, no matter how you eat. Bloating and constipation are not the normal ways we eat. You know, I've been doing one meal a day years now. I do not have constipation. I do not have bloating. So <laughs> one meal a day does not cause bloating and constipation. What causes bloating and constipation are things going on in your gut. 
Okay. So people who don't do intermittent fasting also experience bloating and constipation. And you may find it's exacerbated. I can't say the word. Let me say it again. You may find it's exacerbated by fasting just because you've now changed the way you're eating, you know, the, the period of time. Maybe you're going to have more constipation now because of intermittent fasting because it slows your digestive system. So you've got to figure out a way. Maybe you need to eat different foods. Maybe you need more fiber foods. You know, that's just what you have to figure out. It could very much be what you're choosing to eat. But a lot of people do find they have increased constipation. Even though I said it's not, you know, a normal thing to have, we should not be constipated. It is normal to experience it with fasting but it's an indication that you need to tweak what you're eating. It, it's not, you shouldn't just say, oh, well, I'm fasting. I'm going to be constipated. No, you have to figure out how to, how to make that not happen. Because there's something going on in your body, something that you're missing, some kind of, you know, the way that you're eating. Yeah, are you getting enough fiber? What are you eating in that one meal a day? You know, yeah. if you're eating bananas and bread, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you might get, Yeah, tons of cheese. Yeah you know, those things may stop you up and you're not, you're not having, but change, think about what you're eating. And also, you know, bloating, for example, bloating, again, not normal for people to bloat up. We're supposed to have a healthy digestive system. The food goes through it. Our gut microbiome processes the food. Well, if you're having a lot of bloating, that's a sign something's not working well for your body. Sometimes when you start intermittent fasting, you notice the bloating in a different kind of way because it, it, it kind of pinpoints to you like you're fasting, you're feeling so good, then you eat, then you feel the bloating. And it's more pronounced than before you did intermittent fasting. You just lived with it, if that makes sense. Whereas now you, you Yeah. Can you can you tell people how many times a day you poop? Is that too personal? And are you willing to share that? But no, I, I'm a good morning pooper. And <laughs> <laughs> I wake up in the morning, I have my black coffee, and then I go to the bathroom, and then that's it, you know, and um, I do take magnesium at bedtime, but magnesium is an essential nutrient, you know, I just had my blood work done, and my magnesium levels are perfect, so that was, that was really good to see, because, you know, they tested all the different levels of things, and so, um, you know, magnesium is an essential nutrient that's not found in our, our foods as much as, you know, our soils are depleted from magnesium. So that's, you know, an essential nutrient that a lot of us are deficient in, but I am not, <laughs> but I, it also helps with relaxation. So, you know, a good magnesium supplement at bedtime could help people with that. Okay. I know you get this question all the time, but what are the top five things that you think are a reason for someone being in a plateau? I would say we get that all the time. Someone's coming in, they're like, I've had all this success. I've lost 30 pounds. I've lost 50 pounds. I've lost 80 pounds. And they're like, but I'm in a plateau. What am I doing wrong? So what would you say are the kind of the top five things you see when somebody is in a plateau? Well, when you're at a plateau, we have to first see if you really are at a plateau, because just like you said, a lot of people will lose like 30 pounds and then their weight loss is slower. And so maybe they're, they were losing maybe at the beginning two pounds a week, then they were losing one pound a week. And now they're only losing half a pound a week. Is that a plateau? No, it's just a slowed rate of loss. And so I'm a big believer in finding your moving trend and seeing what's happening. You know, I talk about weighing daily and calculating your weekly average once a week. So if you think you're at a plateau, I want you to first be sure that you really are. You know, if you're using an app like Happy Scale, Happy Scale will tell you, you know, you'll have like your slope going down. And if it's still green, 
you're not at a plateau, your moving average is still going down, but it can be hidden within the fluctuations. If you start getting red, that means you're actually going up a little bit, or if you're, if it's staying the same, you can tell, but find, really make sure you're at a plateau. If your weekly average is still going down a half a pound a week, you're not plateaued. You're just losing slowly. So, you know, what could you do to shake up a plateau? Well, change something up. You know, the up and down day approach that we talked about earlier is a fabulous way. Even the way you mentioned where you have a one hour window one day, then a five hour window the next or whatever, because, you know, I talked before about how our bodies can adapt. You know, if you're doing a low calorie diet day in, day out, your body can adapt to that. Well, the same thing with fasting. If you eat exactly the same way day after day, even though fasting is um, protective of metabolic rate, your body is still very adaptable. Homeostasis is a real thing. And so shake it up a little bit. You have to figure out a way. Some people find just one big eating day a week will do it for them. Maybe, you know, have one down day or one 36-hour fast every Monday, followed by, you know, a bigger eating day the next day and then back to your normal eating window. But it's really shake it up. So first, I guess I'm trying to name five things. Number one, make sure you're really at a plateau because you really might not be. Number two, shake something up somehow. And in my new book, I have all sorts of tips for the way, different ways you can, um, I call it tweak it till it's easy. You know, you've got your intermittent fasting toolbox, you pull things out. So tweak it till it's easy, switch things up. The third thing you might want to do is really think about, are you stopping when you're satisfied or have you gotten in the habit of eating just because your window is still open? That's a big one. You know, a lot of people drift into that well, my window's still open, so I'm going to go ahead and have a cookie. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and have another cookie because my window's still open. Oh, I've got 30 more minutes. Now I'm going to have one more snack, right? You know, we still can't overeat with intermittent fasting. And so make sure that you're not just eating just because your window is still open. That's an important thing. You know, the fourth thing I would I would suggest doing is focusing on food quality. You know, I have a whole chapter in my new book about ultra-processed foods and the problems with those. You know, examine what you're eating. If you're eating mostly ultra-processed foods, your body is actually able to extract more calories out of those foods than out of real whole foods. So tweaking your food, food quality is a really great way of um, getting your body off of a plateau. And then I guess the fifth thing I would say is look to alcohol consumption and dessert consumption. There, those are two things. Yes, you know, the title of my first book is Delay, Don't Deny. So you might think, oh, I can just have whatever I want. Well, if you're stuck in a plateau, you may need to do a little extra delaying. Maybe don't have a glass of wine seven nights a week. Maybe don't have dessert every day. Save those for more special occasions. You know, have a little bit of wine on a Friday and then that's it. If you're trying to lose weight, you may need to delay certain things longer. There's a lot more flexibility when you get to your goal weight. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you I'm offering a free weight loss virtual Bible study. Now is the perfect time to focus on understanding true hunger and fullness and learn what the Bible has to say about it. All you have to do is go to ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study. After you sign up, you'll receive a six week Bible study video that you can watch on your own or you can get a small group of people and do it together. That's ChantelRayWay.com slash Bible study for your free six week Bible study course. I love that. And one of the things that I can say when I asked 
these people who have been thin their whole life, they've never gone on a diet. And I would say now, but every one of them would say, you know, sometimes I gain three pounds. Sometimes I gain five pounds. There's nobody that is like, I stay 125 and I'm at 125. Everyone has a fluctuating range. Yeah, they have a range. They might gain three pounds. They might gain five pounds. They might even gain seven pounds. And then they just bring it right back down. But every one of them said, the first thing I do when I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight, I don't deprive myself, but I do start cutting back on sugar. I start looking at my sugar and that week I'm going to really limit it. I might have one bite of something. If I normally had three or four bites of a sweet, I might have one or I might have none. So I really start looking at that and the alcohol, really looking at that and limiting that. And I love that shaking up. I mean, for me, one of the things that I've seen people have really good success with as a window mm-hmm. is doing four a four-hour window five days a week, one day um, or four days a week, two mm-hmm. of those days just doing a 24-hour. So they're just doing yeah. one, one hour that, those two days and then a full you know eight-hour eating window yeah. um, on one of those. I've days. always naturally done that because... Um, I've always naturally had, like, I just got back, went to the beach this week and the beach is reopened. It was fabulous. I loved it. But one day there, you know, I didn't open my window till four, but found myself drinking wine on the beach at 1am. <laughs> Things like that happen, right? Yeah. You know, so my window was from 4pm to 1am. <laughs> right. Very long window. I always have just naturally had windows that that vary just from life events because, you know, there was a period of time when I was going to be perfect when early on, like in 2016, I was like, I'm going to have a perfect month where I have a five hour window or less every single day. And this was, this was 2016. It was right after my son made the, an app for me to use. And I was tracking it every day. Do you know how many perfect months with every day was five hours or less that I ever had? Probably none. Zero. <laughs> when I was like, I think it was June of 2016. I'm like, this month I'm going to have no day. It didn't happen, even though I was trying. And I'm like, oh, that's I just can't. <laughs> but I actually think my imperfection has turned out to be a plus because you know I might have a day with a one hour window, and then one day I'm drinking wine on the beach at 1 a.m. And you know, most of the time my window is probably four hours or three hours. But sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter. So I naturally shake it up. Awesome. Last question. Okay. What is carb cycling and do you recommend it? You know, carb cycling is a great strategy for many people. And it means that you you alternate low-carb days with high-carb days. There's some science behind it. You know, um, I read a book years ago, a guy, I can't think of, his first name was Kiefer, I think. And um, it was called carb night or something. And it was a, you did low, have you ever read that one or seen that one? That one no. It was a carb cycling where you did low carb, low carb, low carb, low carb. And then once a week you had like a carb night where you really had a lot of carbs and he had the science in there of why I recommended it. It had to do with your hormones and how, you know, for some people doing low carb all the time can have a detrimental effect on certain hormones. And this is why he recommended the carb night and how that, you know, um, you know, the thermic effect of the carbs. And it was a really successful program for a lot of people. There's lots of different ways to do carb cycling, but, you know, it kind of, kind of gives you the best of both worlds. Cause we know that low carb eating, you know, that causes you to lower your insulin even more, just like a fast causes you to lower your insulin, which insulin, which is good for fat burning. And then, you know, the higher carbs, 
when you eat more carbs, your body cranks up your metabolism. Carbs have a high thermic rate. So um, I, I think it's a really good strategy. Low carb day, high carb day, low carb yeah, day, high carb really, day. You know, carb cycling, they they really use that term around in a person, like when they're working out, like in a person's right. training schedule, you know, like on yeah. days where they're training more intensely, they would consume more carbohydrates. And then on the low carb days would occur on the days that they're just training less. Right. And I, I think to do a real, you know, like if you're talking about the bodybuilder kind, when you're really doing targeted building days and, and, um, and burning days, I think on the, the, the higher carb days, you would also want to limit the fat to a degree. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to do high fat and high carb. If, if you're targeted, if you're trying, you know, to use it in that, you know, kind of a approach. The low carb days, low carb days would be higher fat, and then you would have the higher carb days that are lower fat. I, mean, I don't want to count anything. So. <laughs> me either, and I'm the same way. Me and you are right on the same page. Yeah. I feel like for me, this is the only way I use this. The way that I use this is I'm just a little bit more cognizant, and right. I think that a thin eater would do that. They would just be like, okay, yesterday I ate a lot of carbs, so today I'm just going to eat less. Like right. I'm not counting it, I'm not looking at it, I'm not measuring it. I'm just kind of intuitively saying, yeah, yeah I kind of ate a lot of carbs yesterday. Maybe today I'm, carbs, I'm just going to kind of cut it back a little bit. And I also know that I feel better when I eat less carbs. Mm-hmm. So for me on the days that, you know, if I'm kind of in a lounge Sunday day, I might eat more carbs that day because I'm planning on being not that active and, right. you know, I'm kind of just wanting to do whatever and kind of chilling. But on the days where I got to get a lot accomplished, I got a lot of meetings, I'm going to intuitively eat less carbs because yeah. I, I need to get more accomplished. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, you, you and I both really understand that intermittent fasting is a tool in the toolbox. But it's not, you know, magical fairy dust and unicorns. You just fast and you'll be perfect and you'll look like a bikini model. You still have to work at it and you still have to eat like a grown up and you still have to, you know, you're going to have some periods where you, your pants start to get a little tight. Just like, you know, the, the eaters you were talking about, the slim eaters, is that what you call them? The skinny eaters? Thin eaters. Thin eaters. The th- thin I knew I wasn't eaters. saying right. The thin eaters. The thin eaters have that too. My husband has never counted a calorie or a fat gram, or a carbohydrate gram in his entire life. And he has maintained the same size. Actually, he's a little slimmer now because he started doing intermittent fasting, but he never gained weight ever in our whole married life because he naturally was like, oh, we just went on a cruise. I ate too much. I'm going to eat a little less. Just naturally does it. It's intuitive. It's absolutely intuitive. We can get it back. We can get it back. Yes. Well, this has been amazing. Tell listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you, and a little bit more about your new book coming up. Awesome. Well, if you go to jenstevens.com, G-I-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S.com, I have links to everything there. There's a page there that before to get the books. You can just click on that. It'll take you to your favorite bookstore. Maybe you like Amazon. Maybe you like Barnes & Noble. Maybe you like to support your local bookstore. There's even a link you can order it there and get it from your local bookstore if they don't already have it in stock. But ask them to get it in stock. But here it is, Fast Feast Repeat. I'm super excited about it. I'm very proud of it. It's called the, the Comprehensive Guide to Delay, Don't Deny Intermittent Fasting. And it really, I mean, you can just look and see. I mean, it is 
It is packed full of good stuff. And I'm really, really proud. I couldn't have written this book years ago. It's all my years of experience. We have over 350,000 members of our Facebook group. So this is really just, it's everything you need to know. Like the frequently asked questions section, I knew we were going to be talking about questions. I counted it up. There are 37 pages of frequently asked questions in this book. And there are 67 frequently asked questions in the book. So if you have a question about fasting, I mean, even if it's a random question that you think no one's ever asked before, if you're willing, if they, you know, we're going to post this on Facebook and what if we, when we post it, if we give one lucky person, just one, if they share the post, a copy, a signed copy of your book. Oh, we can totally do that that? because I just got a shipment the other day. So yes. So yeah, I would be glad to send Uh, one lucky person. If they share it, we will send it in a signed copy. That'll be awesome. Love it. Love Love it. it. But I'm really, really proud of this book. And, um, I, my moderators all have gotten copies. I have, I have over 60 moderators in my Facebook groups. And they all got advanced reader copies directly from the publisher. And they're all just like, well, I didn't think I'd learn anything new, but oh my God, I did. So Yay, I love even it. If you've been doing intermittent fasting for years, you know, it's divided into three sections, fast, feast, repeat. The feast is about food. Repeat is about making it a lifestyle. Mindset is in there, which is such an important piece for so many people. I think mindset is really the number one piece that you need <laughs> until your mindset is right. Nothing's going to work, but um, the science is all in the fast section, how to do it, all the different types. It's all in there. Love it. Well, this has been amazing. And you guys stay tuned. We have another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.